cool. I, <laughs> I think we should talk about the fact that Kristen just signed up and is going to be joining us for our leadership session in Napa this fall. That's exciting. So well, we're 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 already recording, so I think that is an yeah. easy thing for us. You to already plot. did. Then you did it. <laughs> yeah, that's the easy right. piece. Nobody has any crazy travel stories on the way back from no. Israel. Uh, no. Why? Why would we want? Oh, wait a second, Barb. Did you have a little travel story? I had I had a horrible trip getting out to Israel. Um, I I do believe I powered through on day one with less than 90 minutes of sleep and thanks to a walk along the Mediterranean with Kristen, which got me through dinner. Um, but, but I'm very thankful to say I had no travel issues coming back. Yeah, there oh. you go. I love yeah, that. it was actually quite easy getting home. It was, yeah, pretty easy. And All Kristen, right. you stayed, you stayed for a few extra days. I did, I stayed uh, for three more days um, with our Paradox Israel team back in Tel Aviv. It was great. Um, continued the journey of spending time learning um, and experiencing the culture and got to do fun things with the team, go to dinner, kind of see what they do. Um, we even had yoga in the office uh, every other week. So I got to do uh, yoga with Yuval, who is our uh, yoga instructor who comes into the office. And that's very common in Israel. Culturally, a lot of companies uh, do have some kind of wellness programs where they uh, they might have somebody come on site. So I got to participate in that too. That's great. I'm, I'm torn on in, in, intra-office yoga. And there's, I just, I never, I never really feel, you know, I'm comfortable, I'm not comfortable. I, I don't know. Look, I'm, I'm no good at it, but it was, it was a lot of fun. And she taught the class in Hebrew. So I just had to kind of watch and listen, um, which was a lot of fun too. So another, mm -hmm. another cultural experience that I got to have. I love it. All right. Well, let, let's, uh, let's jump right in. Is everybody ready to start? Sure. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. All right, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Recruiting Community Podcast. I am your I'm your sort of host today uh, on this beautiful May day. Uh, I actually have nothing to say, believe it or not, uh, on this topic. I might poke a little bit here and there, but I did not go on this amazing trip that we've brought some folks in to talk about. Uh, but so in the meantime, while we're getting this set up, I just want to remind everybody, uh, CXR.org slash podcast. You can see all of our previous episodes. You can see what's coming up. Uh, that's a great place to check uh, where you can see those things. We're on uh, the Twitter and the LinkedIn and the YouTube and all, all the, the social channels where you can check those out too. Usually we'll stream those live. So if you see a chat box or comment window uh, there, go ahead and chime in. Uh, we get back to everybody who leaves a comment. Well, the good comments. We skip some of the really not great comments, but uh, we're going to jump in. We do have a fun topic today. I want to get right started. So here we go. I'm going to bring in my spirit animal, uh, Mr. Crispin. Jerry, how are you? I am wonderful. And it was an amazing trip. Well, so before we bring in our amazing guests, why don't you, this is not the first trip no. uh, that Career Crossroads has, has helped to coordinate and, and to really push. You've been, you've been part of this founding team that's put this program together. Why don't you share just a, kind of a, a little bit um, uh, high level view of kind of what that program is and, and what you do when you take folks on the adventure? 
Well, the, the whole idea of this was to kind of step outside the U.S. box and, you know, look at how culture is driving incentives for hiring and for work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's fascinating. We were so uh, bound up in the culture in the United States. It's it's just a big aha whenever you go to another country. We started this. Well, year, I started years ago, but then. Uh, Sherm with Sherm and Sherm didn't really want to be doing it uh, somewhere around 2014-15 when uh, Cuba became available and uh, China Gorman and myself put together a group of about 20 some odd people to go to China and since we've been to you know Eastern Europe Singapore you were with us in Japan mm-hmm. so you know and it's we've been right. We've been trying like crazy to get to Israel for the last couple of years. And basically what we do is we see um, professors uh, of business. We talk to them and their students. We talk to startups and other kinds of companies, local and um, as well as multinational. We we talk to the government, ministers of whatever. In Cuba, we spoke the first uh, session we had was with the minister of propaganda Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it gets to be really interesting and a lot of ahas. Uh-huh. And I love the conversation. So when, when a dozen people can have a conversation for several days about what they're observing, you learn an awful lot. And so for me, it's it's a great learning opportunity. Yeah. And I love how immersive they are. A really, really fantastic, fantastic experience. So let, So let's do this. Uh, you, you, Jerry's going to drive today, uh, and I'm just, I'm going to be the podcast producer sort of in the background. Let's introduce our first guest. Uh, it is our own Barb Reese. Barb, you can, uh, here, let's just fix the screen a little bit. Uh, say hello to everybody and give, give us an intro for those who are not fortunate enough to know who you are. Give us a little escalator pitch on what you do, uh, employee number three, uh, at CXR. I'm going to start working that into my normal introduction that I'm employee number three. At that's it, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I am the VP of operations here at Crossroads, Crossroads, and as in many places, operations is a nice big umbrella. So that could be everything from, you know, helping run the logistics and setting up the meetings and finding speakers and and finding guests for our podcast to marketing communications and and overseeing all sorts of member management and things behind the scenes. But my favorite thing is just getting to talk to members and interact with them and, and learn more about the work that they're doing and how I can connect them with each other. So basically, Barb does all the work. Yes. That's it. That's pretty much it. I would agree on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And Barb, you went on this trip. So we we brought you in here. It says a no-brainer. I'm excited to hear what you're going to have to say. And then we also have uh, another special guest with us today, longtime industry friend, uh, Kristen Bailey. Kristen, say hello to everybody. Hi, everyone. So excited to be here and talk about this amazing journey that we took together. Um, So my name is Kristen Bailey. I am currently the VP of Talent Acquisition at Paradox. Uh, If you are unfamiliar with Paradox, we are a technology startup. We make conversational recruiting software um, that helps to free up uh, talent acquisition professionals and hiring managers from all of the things that they 
don't want to be spending their time doing so they can spend more time with people. Um, I have had a long history with CXR. Um, before I joined Paradox last year, um, I spent many years with Amazon um, and had the pleasure to get connected to this amazing community. So we had so much fun and I'm really excited to be here uh, to talk about our experience. Well, and before before I duck into the shadows just a little bit, I do want to call out, it is really interesting to have you're in the vendor space, yeah. but you're on the TA side. So a lot of the podcasts you see when you get somebody in, right? You get somebody who's talking about the product or the expertise in the space or, you know, the platform, et cetera. But you're the TA leader. So you're, right. you're yeah, you're all hiring uh, all That's the time. Right. So I love That's it. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so Jerry, I'm going to give you the mic, obviously, because you, you were the, you were the poobah. Uh, that, that was running the show. So I, I'd love uh, to hear. Believe me, I wasn't running the show. I was just sitting off to the side. Everybody, everybody figured out very quickly that China managed a lot of the uh, gracious uh, discussions with people that we had to deal with. And Barb, in her own way, helped with the logistics uh, as at various points in time where things got stuck. So it's always it's always great. Um, what I want to do, though, is uh, jump right in and ask the two of you um, what there has to be, you know, a little bit of a, a glimmer that that was an aha moment. You know, maybe there were several, but, you know, give me one aha moment uh, during the course of the week that we had together. And, and Barb, why don't I start with you? Okay, I was going to let Krista go first so I didn't steal any of her thunder, but I'll happily go first. I do have multiple takeaways. Um, I'm going to pick one that I think sort of ties together both culturally and the business side. You know, it was interesting the the time that we were there, I would say it was almost, it's probably 60-40, 60%, 60% business-related discussions, meetings, people that we were meeting, and then 40% just pure culture, um, which I certainly soaked up every minute of that I could and, and tried to give myself a few more um, on the side. But I think my biggest takeaway from all of those discussions is the can-do spirit that I heard from all the Israelis, whether it was from the startup panel that we listened to, whether it was people we were having dinner with, whether it was um, even the people in the different government ministries that we talked to, there is clearly, and, and I don't know if it's, it's probably a lot of things. I don't know if it's because Israel is such a young nation. I don't know if the, the required military service, that's a whole other topic um, that they all go through. If it's the fact that they are truly a desert nation with no resources really of their own. So they have to, just from a, you know, a living standpoint, they have to be pretty creative in their solutions. But I loved the spirit and the energy um, that I heard from Israel. And I thought it was distinctive. It, it certainly was. Kristen, how about you? Yeah, I would echo everything that, Barb said something that I was reflecting on a little bit was I think this was a really special design of a trip. Um, I've had the privilege of traveling international internationally quite a bit. I've led global teams in the past. Um, and I think so often, you know, we go on a journey, you go visit your teams and you spend a lot of time in the office and a lot of time in conference rooms. And one of the things that I loved that we got a chance to do was really to learn about the country itself, to learn about the culture, to learn about the people um, and balance out this experience over 
maybe a few extra days um, that I think helped me come away with such a deeper appreciation for what it means to do business in Israel, what it means to support and hire talent um, and, and manage talent in Israel, grow and develop talent. I just, I think that the additional um, investment of time that we made um, and this really interesting, well-rounded learning experience was unlike many of the other uh business trips I've taken where, you know, I've had, I feel like I've got a lot of stamps in my passport, but I came away with a much deeper, uh, rich understanding um, of Israel than I was, than I was expecting. Yeah. So you know, I think that. there's a surface uh, feel that we all have for different kinds of countries, sometimes it's misinformation, but, you know, in the case of service, in the case of Israel, most people do realize that everyone after high school with with some exceptions, everyone goes into the service. And they usually go in for two, three years, that kind of thing. In the United States, it's a little bit longer. It's often four to six. Um, and I had an aha moment when I suddenly realized that Israel is a very small country. And in the United States, if you go into the service, if your kid goes in the service, you don't see him or her for months on end. In Israel, with few exceptions, you might be seeing them every single day. Mm. They could be coming home. And you know why? It's because they don't make much money. It's a volunteer, it's a volunteer yeah. army. Yeah. It, it was clear they didn't make enough money for them to feed themselves. Uh, so, so parents were still responsible in some, some respects for, for helping out. I found that amazing. But I also I also realized how immersive then. The entire society is in this this part of a military culture that is a commitment uh, to defending their nation. And that by the time they finish that and then they seem to all want to go somewhere else, you know, for a year and they've got some money to do it. So we learned a lot about those kinds of things. It's no wonder that when they come back, they are a lot more mature than most other folks who are going to college, if you will, on the professional level, or starting a career in a trade, and are they're much more likely to have a, a motivation that is very intense um, and and very confident of what they're doing. And that's that spirit, I think, that you're talking about, Barb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's it to me that that whole piece of it uh, really feeds into how they jumpstart their careers when they're in their mid twenties. Yeah. So, and, and I'm, I'm going to toss this to you in a second, Kristen. Uh, the other thing about the military is the connections they make and how often we heard people say, Oh, I found this opportunity because I served with, you know, so-and-so or, Oh yeah. When we, it was time for us to make a hiring shift, I reached out to the people from the unit that they served with. Um, and, and the reason I was going to point out to Kristen is, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that the team in Tel Aviv for Paradox, didn't they all get to know each other that way too? Yeah, some of the connections started there and then continued. So yeah, so some of the people who had joined uh, the startup uh, came through connections through military service. And I do think it's interesting though, it, it, because so we, I was sitting with our team for lunch uh, when I was in the office and everyone kind of went around and shared what their role was in the military um, in lots of ranges of what people did. 
Um, but I think it also kind of creates a sense of urgency to get your career started because they've, you know, the trade-off is like, yes, they're, they're more mature coming out of military and university. Sometimes they don't even have to complete university because they've received such rich training through the military that they can go straight into their career. But, you know, relative to like the experience that we might have in the States of, going to college and you're pretty young and then they just feel this sense of urgency to get going. Right. And they've all had this amazing shared experience that, you know, kind of has you grow up a little bit quickly. Um, so I think that we, we felt that through, um, you know, that sense of you know, duty and service and they were just taking their careers and the opportunity to build a business so seriously um, was rather impressive. And then, then we saw an awful lot of the startup nation. Now, part of it, I think, was we intended to talk to a number of different startups, Paradox being one, uh, Panologic being another, Hired Score was another that was very helpful. So we had contacts with, with folks who had teams in, um, in Israel, um, but, but we also recognized that a lot of the folks in the military were... were uh, part of, of these technology units that kind of help them uh, think through the way in which they might want to be involved in technology when they got out. So it seems to me that there's, that there's, a, there's a lot of seeds planted for startups. And then, of course, there seems to be a lot of investment there as well. Yeah. Yes. We, we did have one night where we had a, a lovely dinner at uh, Hired Score's uh, founder's uh, apartment, and uh, that was very enjoyable. There were some investment folks there with us. I think that for me, that was, um, that was a really good set of conversations that we had. How about, how about the, um, uh, the, the tourism piece? Was there any one thing that stood out? Because obviously, you know, the United States is a, may, <laughs> Israel may be a young nation, but it really is very old when it comes to mm -hmm. the cultures in the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, and so when they're talking about, you know, time, they're talking about 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, and we're struggling with thinking, you know, 400. So Tell me a little bit about what uh, what you saw that you you hope to see, perhaps, or or that you thought was a surprise from a tourism point of view. I I would say maybe two things. I think one is the you know I think saying old takes on a new definition, right? And when you said you know the U.S. is a young a young nation, um, it's just really amazing to have you know thousands and thousands of years of history. Um, that we were able to learn about um, in Israel. And then also just the size. Um, I think one of the comparisons that we were given was that Israel is, is, uh, would fit inside Lake, Mich Lake Michigan, if that was correct. And I think that's, you know, so it's pretty amazing. We covered a lot of ground as well, you know, from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem and then some of the other, um, we went up north to Haifa. I think, so it was pretty um, pretty amazing that within, you know, a week, we were able to, to see so much. Um, I think that was uh, pretty special as well. Cool. Yeah, I, I think so too. I loved 
the day that we got to spend wandering the alleys and shops and in in the old city in Jerusalem and the in the walled city that that was amazing. But you know, it's funny, Jerry. You mentioned just a, a few minutes ago how we had that amazing dinner um, uh, at Athena Carp's place and we got to meet some people. I I think perhaps my favorite experiences that we had in Israel were just when we got to have the different dinners and that dinner that we had, we got to share a Sabbath dinner. Um, with someone who lives in Jerusalem, she opened her home to us, and we got to go in her home and 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 learn all about the Sabbath dinner and and learn about her and and share that meal, and that was a really special highlight. It's something that you know a lot of people get to go to Israel and they get to walk the the alleys of Jerusalem, or they might get to see the beautiful um, hills and gardens in Haifa, but they don't think very many people get to have that experience. Cool. Well, I would say like one of the things I love about learning about a new place, a new city, a new culture is through food. Um, and so I think we, you know, I think I said, I've never eaten so many beautiful vegetables on a business trip ever before in my life. It was, it was spectacular. And again, the, you know, being able to be, um, not only in some amazing restaurants, but also in some homes, um, and having home cooked meals was such, such a treat as well. Um, and again, you just feel like you learn so much about the culture through those experiences. Yeah, my my, uh, I think one a peak moment for me was just seeing the the importance of Masada when we went to to that. I thought that was um, very significant. It's it's part of the military culture as well, mm -hmm. um, and it's uh, it's a, it's just an interesting story. Uh, there are some controversial elements of that story, and and our guide basically said he he understood that, so did the society, but they decided to accept the story because it's so meaningful uh, to where Israel is today and going tomorrow. So I thought that was kind of neat. Well, I love the fact that each of you are talking. You're not just talking about the startup leaders that you met or the established organizations and the teams and the leaders that you met there, but you're also talking about the immersion into the culture and into people's homes, which I found when we did Japan, Jerry, together. Uh, and if you, you have done many of these, I found that to be so valuable uh, to really just be, be part of, feel more like part of that community and to really sort of walk a, walk a half a mile uh, in, in you know, a local shoes. Yeah, I think I think you see in the culture the kind of commitment that the society has to to work together, mm -hmm. uh, to engage. Uh, we saw um, the efforts that were being made um, by Ernst and Young and Panda Logic, mm -hmm. and I think one or two others uh, relative to one of the tensions that isn't talked about in the United States hardly at all. And that is the tension between the secular Jews and the ultra-religious Jews. The ultra-religious Jews, the men do not work. They do not go to military service. They are supported uh, by the state uh, because they study Judaism. Mm -hmm. And the state, when they was, it was founded, decided it would support that. However, they also have very large families and uh, the cost to the state is growing at a, a rapid pace. So there's this, this, this concept of how do, we, how do we take this diverse group? And, and that is, that's how they look at diversity, by the way, is they view uh, one of the diverse elements of their society as, as the ultra-religious. And so they've been hiring a lot of the women who are ultra-religious who will work, but 
not with any men around, and only for so many hours a day. So the accommodations are are really unlike anything we would see here in the United States. So it's kind of amazing when you when you start looking at how they have programs that relate to DE and I. They're talking about Palestinians, and then uh, obviously there's an issue with how does the Palestinian get to work? How does that person get out of where they were to where they need to be for work? Uh, becomes an interesting set of issues as well. So uh, between the politics, the diversity, the you know the home kind of thing, I think we had an extraordinary time. Let me, I, I have two questions uh, for you before we wrap up. And I think it was mentioned earlier, you know, Athena Karp uh, was just a wonderful and super generous host uh, to, to have the team there along with the myriad of, from what I understood and the pictures were amazing, these, these startup leaders. Mm -hmm. And so my question really is, um, I guess to each of you, was there a big takeaway for you as to why maybe we see so many startups coming out of Israel. I mean, and, and and I may, this may be anecdotal for me, but it seems to me that proportionately we see way more startups in tech, in the tech space, at least in our industry, coming out of that market than, than nearly anywhere else. Well, I think, I think it was at EY where they said, and I'd have to go fact check myself, but uh, where they said, I think Israel was second only to Silicon Valley as far as the number of startups that they have. And, hmm. and I think a big part of that is their defense industry is very high tech. So I think a lot of the people, you know, the young people who are going through the required military service, many of them are going to be in, embedded in that technology. So I think they come out with a much different perspective of what they can do with technology and a much different base. And that's certainly part of it. Um, Kristen, uh, what did you think about why there were so many? Yeah, I think the other piece of it too was, um, you know, many of the people we talked to talked about um, it isn't a country with a significant amount of other types of natural resources. And so they invest heavily in human capital. And so the combination of the military experience, the focus on technology, the focus on education, um, that, and again, that experience where people are coming out of the military and they're like, they wanna go get their life started. And so this entrepreneurial mindset exists. Um, yeah. and people are, you know, they're trained and educated and they've, they've worked in some pretty, you know, high stakes types of situations um, that I think prepares them for taking risks, prepares them for building. Um, and so I think it's just this really kind of special combination of factors that I, contribute to that. I think they, they really like the small group aspect of that mm -hmm. as well in terms of how they pull together. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think of Maya, um, Hubert, who is also uh, was was very very nice and, and gracious in in, um, in giving us an opportunity to to have a dinner with her on on the water. So I thought that was really kind of cool. Um, and she she was a different kind of entrepreneur from some of the others. It wasn't a tech based focus that she she had. Um, but the, but I do believe that there's the the other factor is there is a lot of money coming that way when somebody has a good idea. And so I think a lot of these folks who are now a little bit more mature, not necessarily wanting to go into a large corporation, having some friends and, and that innovation spirit, if you will, coming up with interesting ideas that, that need to be fleshed out. And somebody seems to be always stepping up with some bucks. 
I love that. I love that. Well, so let's do that. We're going to start with Jerry. Uh, this I asked because Jerry knows the question. I asked this question at the end of uh, every podcast. Uh, Jerry never gets to answer the question because he's always co-hosting with me. Uh, but Jerry, if you were going to write a book about your experience, your trip to Israel, what would the title of that book be? I'd steal it from Masada, Live Free, Die Free. <laughs> Okay. Plagiarism's hard work. Nobody, nobody's going to knock that. All right. Barb, how, how about you? So is, it just, is my book just about Israel? About your trip, your trip about overall. Trip. Yeah. I think, I think I'd, I'd want to take some sort of a broader view and just say something about why taking an immersive trip is beneficial. It's not a very good title. But, uh, but yeah, so, something around why it's important to not just visit a place, but try to immerse yourself in the culture. So that's what it would be about. And then I'd have to think about a title. Okay. All right. You start with the subtext, the subtitle. Work, work yeah. your way up. That's why they give us editors. That's fine. Publishing companies. That's good. Yeah. Kristen, how about yourself? What What would the title of your book covering your trip to Israel be? Oh my gosh! What a great What a great question. Um, you know, it'd be something along the lines of like, you know, get out of the conference room, right? I think that's, you know, to kind of sum up this experience, um, the, you know, and the different elements of you know, whether it's the tourism, the eating, the relationships and the learning, I think it should, it would be something like that. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, now let me ask you, and we're going to work it back. Who would you give the first signed copy to? Everybody on the trip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, see, I would give it to my kids and all my kids. Well, I guess it's only one copy. I'd give it to one of my kids. Because I want them to, to think about yeah. those perspectives now. Well, we're going to, it's going to sell really well, Barb. So, you know, you're going to have a lot to be able to give out. So that's going to be good. And all okay. you got to do is put it on Amazon in a category and boom, you're bestseller in an Amazon. That's right. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> we know how that game works. Yeah. Perfect. Well, look, uh, Barb, thank you so much for joining the show today. Uh, Jerry, you're always on here. It's fine. Uh, Kristen, we, we just appreciate your time too. Thanks for, thanks for taking the time out, not just to go on the adventure, uh, with the entire delegation, but then to also, you know, join us afterwards to do a little recap. We're really grateful for that. It's my pleasure. I mean, I think it's what makes this community so special and why I enjoy it so much is just the opportunity to learn those opportunities just continue. So I appreciate it. Fantastic. Yeah, we, were a, we were a dozen folks, yeah. all of whom sees what we're doing through a slightly different window. And I, I really am very grateful to listen to my colleagues, my peers and colleagues who, who, who see it just a little different than I do, because that's really where a lot of the learning comes from. Uh, I will tell you an interesting, I did not expect this, the demographic when I saw the first team photo of all of you, a dozen of you that went on this trip, Jerry, you were the only male in the group. Uh, I there were a lot of jokes that seemed to <laughs> appear randomly on the internet uh, in relation to that, and I did not respond to any of them. Good, you're a good man, Charlie Brown. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, look, uh, I'm just going to do this real quick. Everybody, hang out for a second. I'll just remind everybody: cxr.org/podcast. That's where you're going to find uh, more of these episodes. Uh, you can listen to previous episodes, and of course, what's ahead. We had a couple of those coming out. We're excited about. And then uh, I'll just promote one more thing: cxr.org/slash. 
events. So if you are a current member, uh, and even if you're not a current member, you can kind of get a look at what's going on in the space and what we've got coming up, live events. Uh, we've got the monthly lectures. We just had a fantastic lecture uh, given by Antonio Forster. Just, just a wonderful uh, segment done, about an hour long, uh, on closing the uh, the gender gap, that divide that is in tech. It's just a fantastic job on that. I encourage you to check that out. It's in the library. Uh, but you can also see what's coming up on the events. Uh, it's down the road. And with that, we're just going to say we will see everybody next week. Uh, and hopefully you've connected with each of us uh, on LinkedIn. So we'll, we'll see you online. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time.